Welcome back to the MPPA Alumni Series. I'm your host, Wardha Siraj, and in today's episode, we'll be speaking to a wonderful individual. His name is William. He graduated from the MPPA program back in 2008 and is currently an executive advisor at the office. It's the Deputy Minister, Ontario Ministry of Heritage, Sport, Tourism, and Cultural Industries. William shares his personal experiences with the program and offers some unique advice for future students. William, thank you so much for being with us today. Happy to be here today. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. I'm so excited to talk about your experiences with the MPPA program. But before we get into what it is that you're currently doing, let's go, let's step back and talk about your background in terms of uh, your undergrad degree and what you were doing before coming into the program. Sure. Um, so I am a self-described, I'll say, kind of current affairs and the politics junkie growing up. Uh, that was always an interest of mine. Um, so that led me to do a, an undergrad in political science at uh, Wilfrid Laurier University. Um, that was, uh, I graduated from there in 2007 I, with a focus on uh, uh, Canadian politics and uh, with a light touch on some Canadian history as well. I took a lot of Canadian history classes as, as electives, which complemented Canada's uh, political history. Um, and then uh, immediately coming out of undergrad, I, uh, I started the Ryerson program, uh, master's program. Uh, it was a natural sort of next step in terms of continuing my studies. Um, and I, uh, I looked at many different master's programs uh, that were available at that time um, and chose Ryerson just given its, um, its long established history um, and, uh, and everything. I saw that the program really, really spoke to me and, uh, and I went right into it after undergrad. Right, right. Can you point out one or two things that really stood out to you? You must have looked at other programs as well. Yeah. What are the one or two characteristics that you thought this is what you need? Um, I, so a few things I would say, and I can speak on them a bit further as we as we, we chat. Um, certainly, uh, the established um, the length of time the program had been established. It was one of it's one of the older oldest programs, if I recall, uh, public policy kind of graduate level programs. Um, there's others. I think at the time U of T had just launched theirs um, a year or two before. So certainly Ryerson had a, an established um, place in you know or. or position in that place in the realm of undergrad or graduate programs. Um, it's uh, the, I, what I will describe as the intimacy of the program. It was small classes, um, uh, really uh, enabled uh, to, to forge bonds with, uh, you know, your colleague or your classmates who some of those bonds still last to today. And, you know, there was a core group of us in that program that were so in touch and really, you know, um, enjoyed each other, you know, studying together, um, and then then the size of it also, as well, just in terms of the educational experience, in terms of the size of the classes, which then contributes to the um, the fullness of the discussions and you know the in class experience. That really ability to uh, to uh, sit with professors very much in a in a much more small environment as well um, was was attracted me to it, um, and as well that combination I think given Ryerson's history really lends itself in this program in terms of that that balance between what I'll call, you know, the kind of theoretical study of, of an academic degree, but also that practical sort of component that um, it's it's when you hit the ground running in terms of public policy and public admin um, and kind of the day-to-day -day real world, how that uh, manifests itself. So I found that to be a, a real selling point for me as well in terms right. of that connection between the Right, definitely really good points and I see these characteristics being repeated by a lot of people who yeah. <laughs> are the program, so definitely uh, worth it for the listeners considering this program. Now, you said that you went right from undergrad, you continued no breaks, so I'm assuming you were a full-time student? 
I was a full-time student. Yep, yeah. I did. Um, I did. It was the twelve-month program at the time. So, as a full-time student, you must have uh, had experiences, maybe with TA or GA ships. Can you talk about that? Yep, I was. Uh, I was a TA. I believe it was. Oh goodness! Again, thinking back, it's been you know over <laughs> ten years ago. Um, it was a poly sci class, um, actually. Um, I was the TA for, yeah. um, and it was a great opportunity to um, uh, to complement, you know, your academic experience with a bit of work experience, um, and, and you know, um, to, to help support you going through the program. But also, just I mean, uh, it was a great experience to the ability to, you know, those um, to interact with first years and um, and share what I, you know, openly described as kind of my passion and interest in uh, in politics and political theory and political history. Um, uh, you know, with them in that sort of environment, and I remember being in first year and uh, and putting myself in those shoes. So it uh, was kind of an interesting opportunity to be on uh, the other side of that. Definitely. And what were some of your favorite courses? If you don't remember the exact names, maybe topics. Yeah, I believe um, Dr. Khan, I believe it was at the time, State in the Economy, if I recall, was mm -hmm. one um, uh, one that I really sort of intersection of understanding politics as it relates to economy and economic theory um, which I you know is always a relevant topic uh, in, in school and uh, public policy and public admin circles I found that one really interesting obviously those core courses in public policy and public administration I recall I think they were um, required courses when I was there but uh, were great um, dr. Uh, dr. Uh, Janet's class uh, oh my gosh. Say, Janet, uh, was always a fun time we'd always have lively discussions and uh, it was always one of my favorite classes to go to as well and um, the professor his name is escaping me at the moment but it was um, uh, basically government finance um, mm -hmm. it was a government finance class which was really interesting as well because I coming back to my previous commentary around that practical side right. of things I'm certainly working in government now um, and taking those courses you know translating that into now understanding what the estimates process is or why public accounts matter um, it's uh, you know yeah I had that base sort of coming into my current role in government so very much because of that class yeah. um, and uh, yeah so I would say that some of those uh, uh, were the ones that stuck out and then I believe it was Dr. Petrosi, Wayne Petrosi if I recall his name um, it was a, it was kind of a, a bureaucratic theory class as well which mm -hmm. I found really interesting kind of theories of bureaucracy Great. So you had a wide range of courses. I'm so glad that you uh, enjoyed. And based off of what you're saying, I can assume that the things taught in class went hand in hand with uh, the real world. Now that you have so much work experience, can you say that all that content translated well into the real world? Absolutely. I mean, you um, you rely on it in ways that you probably don't even realize day to day you're relying on. But whether it's um, in my my today, everything from you know, I remember we did it, spent a lot of time crafting briefings. We even just my ability to put together a briefing note, and and we benefit having current public servants share their experience drafting briefing notes in the provincial public service with us. So, um, and kind of very day-to-day -day things that I do like that in terms of either drafting or reviewing briefing notes to uh, you know what we learned around intergovernmental relations those theoretical uh, concepts um, really kind of trickle down in the day-to-day -day work that I do now in terms of uh, um, whether it's FTT tables or supporting ministers in terms of their interactions with their federal or provincial counterparts um, and you can really kind of draw that linkage between what you learned and then your kind of day-to-day -day, um, your job yeah. 
Right, of course. And let's talk a bit more about some other opportunities the program might have offered. MRPs, co-op, you did both of them? I did the MRP and then I did uh, the classwork option while I was doing my MRP as well. Okay, so let's speak to us about the MRP. Um, I, I really enjoyed the MRP because it was uh, it was an opportunity to really, you know, sink your teeth into something, um, a topic that you really had an interest in or a passion in or whatever, you know, it might be. But, you know, really your choice. And I would say, uh, you know, a bit of a choose your own adventure opportunity because you really, you know, the program gave you free. And obviously, you know, there's certain amount, you know, there's certain academic rigor frame that you have to stay within. Um, but really, you know, you were you had license to really explore ideas, theories, situations, concepts, uh, whatever, you know, kind of your interest was through that process. And what I found really beneficial as well is I was able to, throughout the course of the year, the, throughout the, the courses that preceded me kind of working on the formal MRP in that final term, I was able, I had a sense of what I wanted to research or write upon um, for my MRP. So I was able to kind of use those courses mm -hmm. um, to my advantage to enable to to bend to the benefit of that work so whether it was um, my papers you know would then form parts of what was that ended up being my final research paper i would build upon what i had written in some of those uh, some of those course papers for my mrp um it really you know i, I found that a, a really great experience too and um yeah it's uh it I, I would highly recommend it because i think it was that great kind of middle ground between um, doing an all-out thesis, which is a whole other beast to conquer. Um, it was something different to do instead of just, you know, doing the coursework all the way through as well. Um, but I didn't do the co-op. The co-op was something I didn't pursue. Okay. So what have you been doing since graduating from the program? Uh, let's go through the timeline. <laughs> sure. Um, well, I'll try to be quick because uh, it's been, what, 10, yeah, 12 years now. Um, so immediately after Ryerson, I, um, I had an interest in uh, doing some traveling, um, potentially some overseas work. Um, I didn't really kind of know what I knew. I, I had been in school for five years. I was at that point still in my early 20s. Um, and it was actually through a, a, a um, one of my classmates. She put me in touch with uh, a, a friend of hers or a colleague of hers who was returning from West Africa having worked uh, in what would we would call an industrial cluster. So it was uh, in a, the second largest city uh, in Ghana, um, where there was an NGO that was doing some capacity building in the area of uh, basic IT training for uh, artisans, language skills training. So she knew I had an interest in kind of getting out of Toronto and seeing the world and, and being able to apply my skills in a way. He was looking to come back. She put us in touch. And uh, two months later, I was on a plane for West Africa. And I, I worked uh, in an industrial cluster for six months. I, I worked with an NGO there that was receiving funding from the World Bank at the time. Um, and I had the opportunity there to obviously just, you know, be able to apply my skills. So I wrote grant applications or proposals and was able to secure a donation of learning software from a company in the United States. Uh, I worked with some other volunteers there in terms of capacity building for the organization um, and uh, some, some baseline, um, what I broadly call curriculum development, just in terms of IT training and kind of in basic administration of the NGO as well. The entire time I was living with a Ghanaian family and, uh, you know, taking in all the culture. So that was a really enriching experience that um, certainly my my degree um, was very applicable to in a lot of ways. And so I did that for six months, came back to Canada. And then um, at that time, uh, there was, uh, we were on the tail end of what was the, the recession of 08 or the financial crisis. Governments at the time were investing a lot through infrastructure stimulus. 
again, through uh, my Ryerson networks, I was aware of a manager in the public service that was hiring. They were looking for someone to do contribution agreements to get infrastructure money out the door. Um, I had an interview, I think it was on the Thursday or Friday, and then they hired me uh, on the Monday. Oh, wow. Okay. That was on a, that was on a, and a, you know, and they, the manager was, you know, they, they took a shot on me and, uh, you know, sometimes and, and it worked out wonderfully. And that was starting on a six month kind of temporary assignment. And now here I am, you know, about 10 years later, um, still in the same ministry, but I moved around in a host of different roles. Um, uh, and, you know, it's, I've never left. So uh, I was, uh, yeah, no, I was. Super fortunate. I would just say generally from, uh, you know, great managers and leaders and mentors in the Ontario Public Service that have uh, taken a chance on me, given me the opportunity to um, to come and do, take on projects and do works. And, and you know, really, um, I, I, I chalk it up to a bit of right place at the right time, but also, uh, you know, a great leadership in the public service that is willing to um, invest time and give chance and opportunity to, um, you know, newcomers like me to the public service that are looking to start a career. Right, and I think a lot of the uh, reason people are able to move so quickly is also due to the fact that they network, right? They express their interests and they're able to share what uh, what they like to do. And I feel like that's what happened with you as well. Just by expressing that interest, you were uh, led to one person to another to where you are now. Talk to us about your current position and some tasks uh, or projects you're working on. Sure. So right now I'm, uh, I'm the executive advisor and assistant to the deputy minister of uh, heritage, sport, tourism, and culture. Uh, so that's I've been in this role for about four years now. So my job, uh, largely, I oversee a team of about six uh, policy and administrative professionals in the deputy minister's office. Um, and my day-to-day -day job is very much to support the deputy minister. Her name's Nancy Matthews. Um, we've worked together for about two years now in terms of discharging her duties as the deputy minister. Um, which you know that's in terms of managing or you know interacting with the office of the secretary of the cabinet other deputy ministers offices so very much as her ea i, I focus on supporting her to make sure she's uh, able to, to do her job effectively um and also a huge part of my job is i liaise with the political office so the minister's office um, largely with her chief of staff and uh, the minister's chief of staff and uh, director of policy and director of communications in terms of what I call broadly, you know, translating that day-to-day -day political direction into then what is actionable deliverables or actions for the public service to then execute upon to achieve the political objectives of the minister, the ministry, um, and the government of the day. So I, um, uh, that's kind of my current role. So I've, I've had a great uh, opportunity to work with uh, um, some really great uh, political staff. Um, in different ministers' offices over the choice of my career, all really dedicated, um, you know, public public servants, uh, you know, on the political side, um, and across two governments. Um, I, I was uh, I, I was I started in the deputy's office under the former administration in around 2016. Oversaw uh, the transition uh, in government and following the 2018 election, and I've had two years to work with the current administration. And uh, you know, I would say uh, putting partisan labels aside, I've, I've again really had the privilege to work with some, some wonderful political staff mm -hmm. um, on different political stripes to really achieve some really great things. So in our ministry, we do everything from uh, the redevelopment of Ontario Place, um, which I know is a, a hot topic uh, in some quarters uh, in terms of what the future of uh, that jewel will be. Mm -hmm. Our ministry is also responsible for managing the day-to-day -day relationship with uh, 
10 plus uh, crown agencies. So everything from the Royal Ontario Museum, the Art Gallery of Ontario, the Niagara Parks Commission that oversees lands in, uh, around Niagara Falls to the Metro Toronto Convention Center to the Ottawa Convention Center. So we are uh, an interesting ministry, the Ontario Petroleum Foundation, which is one of the largest granting agencies in the country. Um, so um, really this ministry, I've really thrived or enjoyed, thrived in and enjoyed it because uh, it has that really frontline operational public service delivery side from those agencies that deliver, you know, customers and, and, and goods to people, uh, goods and services. To we also have a, a theory or a sorry a, a policy side to the ministry as well. We have policy shops that deal with everything from the Ontario Heritage Act um, in terms of uh, legislative uh, authorities to different funding programs which have public policy implications as well. Um, so it's, it's really been a real. Uh, uh, there's a breadth of experience that our ministry kind of offers to people and it's uh, the ministry of you know tourism culture sport and heritage so it's really fun and interesting stuff as well uh, to be able to involve the day-to-day -day. Um, and then I did have a stint before this I had worked in agency relations program delivery um, and I had a and I, I just have to highlight it because it still remains one of the highlights. So the highlights of my career, I worked um, the senior policy advisor on the Pan Am Games. So I was able to, in the lead up to the games in 2015, I supported the deputy minister at the time responsible. Um, and then all through games time that summer, we were, um, you know, living the games day to day. So that was a really, a really, um, um, just something I really look back on with a lot of, uh, a lot of smiles on my face. And it was a really rewarding and great learning opportunity uh, working with a great team of people at the municipal federal um, at the planning committee level so it um, that was a great experience which really you know working on a large-scale project like that has really positioned me well for um, uh, the roles I've taken on since then. Right. Those are some really amazing and interesting tasks <laughs> and projects you've been working on definitely a long list and it just goes to show that with policy research no matter what ministry you're in it's always changing there's always yep something to do and just to end off the discussion here what's something you knew before or you wish you knew coming into the program that students can take as a good piece of advice you know uh, cherish cherish the time you have there I um, we had a group of us there was I want to say probably 12 to 20 it was a super small cadre of, of students at the time part-time part and full-time um, but we all there was a, you know we all struck it off I think the majority of us um, delightfully well um, and we would uh, study together, you know, and, and then go, we would uh, socialize together after classes at the Imperial, which I believe is still there, Young and Dundas, um, <laughs> to, uh, you know, we would get together on uh, weekends or someone would have a holiday party at their house or condo. Um, and really, you know, those are bonds um, that have lasted to this day. I have colleagues in the public service um, at a range of different positions who were colleagues, you know, through the, the master's program. Um, and we go into we've gone into meetings you know as recently as the last year together and you go oh hey how's it going and you're seeing people and uh it's it's like you know you, you saw them yesterday when you're in the classroom together um so really you know cherish your time there build those relationships um with with your faculty and your classmates because they um they will sustain and last and um and then it's just it's, it's a wonderful time in your life too to have the ability to suck up as much information as you can um, and knowledge and have access to those professors and the experience sitting around the table of your colleagues whether there are students to finish their undergrad work for a few years and then do the master's program um, or if they are professionals who have been in the workplace for 10 or 20 years and are going back to school um, you know you will be uh, exposed to a fabulous group of people with a realm of experience and knowledge and just um, take it all in while you can.
Right, definitely. William, thank you so much for sharing your experiences and all those amazing projects you worked on. I'm sure listeners could be inspired by your experiences. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. I, uh, I, I have to just say once more, I have incredibly fond memories of my time into Ryerson and the faculty and my classmates and the campus and just everything about it. And, you know, happy to get back to the program uh, any way I can and certainly encourage everyone else to as well because, uh, you know, I benefited from it and I will continue to. So happy to get back to my right, Thank you so much. It was so nice. Thanks. Well, everyone, I'd like to end the discussion here. I hope that this episode gave you useful insight as to how dynamic and fluid the world of research and policy can be. Stay tuned until next time.